what it mean to me. Capital, go and make that history. I got a couple scholars to the left of me. Welcome to GWSB Proud, a podcast all about why are you proud of GWSB. My name is Liesl Riddle, and I am the Associate Dean for Graduate Programs here at George Washington University School of Business. And I have the great pleasure of sitting down with GW alumni, faculty, staff, and students to hear why they are GWSB Proud. Welcome to the podcast studio. I am Lisa Riddle, and I am joined here today by one of my very dear colleagues, Dr. Marat Tarinchalar, and he has brought some of his faculty and advisory board members here today. Professor Trimchalar is the faculty director for our Master of Science in Business Analytics program, as well as oversees our two graduate certificates in the area. Welcome to the podcast studio, Marat. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for facilitating this. So who did you bring in here to talk to us today? I have actually uh, the two of my advisory board members and one of them also is an uh, adjunct professor and teaches a very important course for us. I have Brian Murrow and Alfred with uh, me today to talk about what's going on with the program. But more importantly, I think what, the, what they bring in to us is what the marketplace expects from these programs. Obviously, as academics, we have a pretty good idea about what we can teach well and what's important for them to learn. But that doesn't necessarily overlap with what the expectations from the marketplace. And that's why the advisory board is an important component of our uh, program. And actually, interesting enough, about two years ago, I was having breakfast with Brian and uh, Brian kind of talking about the changes in the corporate world about the way the analytics is being perceived made me to start this uh, kind of re-modifying the uh, curriculum. And I'm going to let both Brian and Alfred talk about their backgrounds, their relationship to uh, analytics, and then we'll come back and what we're doing for, with the program, hopefully that will be useful for the students. Brian, why don't you take first? Thank you, Murat. So, um... So I have um, actually over 30 years uh, of experience in business analytics. It didn't used to be cool as it is today. Um, we used to be kind of relegated to the basement and the real small cubicles. Um, you know, but now really, um, you know, business analytics is built into everything. And so over the past 30 years, um, you know, it's been in consulting, it's been within industry, it's been in multiple sectors, public sector, financial services, um, and it's a real exciting place to be. Yeah, and uh, I'll go ahead and follow that, Brian. Uh, so Alfred Hall, uh, hey, I'm a newcomer to the field. Uh, started off in uh, decision science uh, at ODU, uh, worked at companies like uh, Target Corporation, uh, Dollar Tree Corporation, and then eventually Amazon.com. Now working for the Department of Defense, I definitely echo uh, some of the sentiments that Brian uh, mentioned about uh, business analytics. It's actually like almost like an ether, right? It, it touches Every single field, it touches everything. And with Industry 4.0 coming on, it's just going to grow. It's cheaper to store data. Uh, more companies are seeing that uh, it's, it's, it's better to keep the data versus get rid of it. So uh, business analytics is going to be needed to kind of be the glue in the organization to kind of bring these uh, pieces together. Marat, get that back over to you. Exactly. Well, um, 
Well, I'm, I'm going to actually tell a bit of a story about how the program came along and maybe that would give some perspective to students who are right now considering whether business analytics or data analytics or data science or informatics programs are what they are looking for because there is a like variety of programs that deals with data right now and different aspects of it. And I think that they all have great value to the organization. It just depends on what you like to do with the, uh, with the organization, that, 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 which program uh, the student should choose. We started this very early actually, about not as early as Brian, like not 40 years ago, but in 2010, it seems like we started talking about offering an, either a track in MBA that concentrates on data analysis, or at that time we even called it statistics. But then eventually we came back and in 2012, we started our master's in business analytics. And at that time, we were the first one in DC area and certainly the only one in, in at, uh, GW. Now, right now, DC has 11 business analytics programs with different uh, universities, Georgetown, Maryland, Virginia Tech, uh, William and Mary, all those universities are now offering business analytics program or some kind of analytics program. But not only the analytics programs, but the data, for example, GW itself right now has four programs in healthcare informatics, data analytics, data sciences, and our business analytics. So when we first started, we tried to be like for a program for everyone. We taught them how to code. We taught, we taught them how to write programs, understand statistics, learn decision support systems and everything. And it was actually at that time when we first started, it was a 39 credit program. Slowly as the others came into the platform, we started focusing more on the management of analytics, uh, management of data in the companies. And what we realized is like people were finding these people who would code who would write the like algorithms and everything, but they don't they didn't necessarily understand why the organization needed this or what the organization exactly needed this. And and again, I'm going to give Brian a huge credit on this. Uh, two years ago, he told me that it is that there is a huge kind of gap between those people who know the needs of the organization and those people who could write the code, find the algorithm, and Nobody really knows whether those things are the solutions to the problem the organization was having. So with that in mind, we try to uh, kind of uh, redo the uh, curriculum. And I'm gonna let actually Brian and Alfred to take over on that one and talk about that evolution in the market, in the, in the corporation, what yeah. the needs were and what it is right now. Yeah, yeah, Mara. so I think you touch on a, on a, on a couple important points there. Um, I see that organizations are, are starting to, you know, get into this uh, capability maturity model, right, of, of like decision sciences. And, and what's happening is they're, they're moving out of the descriptive realm of uh, decision science and into predictive and into prescriptive. And with more data coming online, I think it's more important that uh, organizations start to shift away from having all these data puddles. And, and what these are is these one-off analysis that, you know, some of the statistician teams are doing or some of the data scientists that are working with tools like Anaconda or Jupyter or even on Hadoop uh, file distributed clusters and stuff like this. But they're creating all these little pockets of goodness. I think what happens with uh, some of the MBAs or some of the, the, um, the, the more uh, technical MBAs coming into the fold, 
what they're doing is helping to pivot the organization to where value is actually created across that capability maturity model. And I think it's important without that, I think those data puddles just kind of get lost in the ether. I'll go ahead yeah. and pass it over. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just build, building on that, Alfred, um, you know, they're in the marketplace. Um, you know, our point of view is there, there's a difference between a, um, a professional in data science and business analytics, you know, understanding the business problem and having a point of view around that business problem is what really differentiates the value that, um, um, that, uh, professionals can make in working with clients, internal clients within an organization, or, um, you know, clients, if you're in consulting, uh, outside of organizations, it's bringing that expertise in and then saying, okay, now let's quantify how we understand the solution. Let's look and, and come up with a way to be able to say, here are some paths forward that we can take to leadership to be able to make decisions and drive success within the organization. And there seems to be a gap there, as Murat uh, was saying, kind of one of our earlier conversations was around, hey, you got people that can program, they can build out the Python, but understanding the models, I mean, understanding the business and being able to put models around the business decisions um, has been a gap in, in, the, in, in this space, but is beginning to be filled. And, and it's, very, it's very fulfilling working with our students um, because we can, we can now see folks coming into the program that understand business and that then can apply analytic solutions in that decision-making process. Absolutely, Brian. Another thing that I, that I see, another trend happening is, uh, you know, with the data science piece, uh, you know, in order to do data science, it's like you've got to have like that domain expertise. You also have to have like the computer science background, but then also more the, the traditional research piece. The thing I see with a lot of data scientists actually being one is the domain piece. It seems like the, the business analytics guys, they, they have like the business in the back of their mind. They know what's important to that business. And when data scientists actually work with the business analytics folks in the organization, I see great things happening. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and pass that back over to, to Marat because I think he, he touched on a lot of uh, important things that I think that the program at GW is going to offer for students looking to get into this space. And that now... Of course, all these things pose challenges for an academic, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, material to cover to, because you want your students to know about how to code, how to understand the algorithm, know the stochastic modeling or neural networks and AI and like deep learning and all those things. And uh, on the other hand, the programs are getting smaller and smaller. You look at your competition, like everyone is offering 30 credits, 36 credits. Actually, there is a program with one of our competitors with only 27 credit program. So, and we just didn't want to give up from like neither from the kind of the uh, theoretical part of it. We still teach foundations of stochastic modeling. I mean, we still have faculty members who are doing matrix algebra in our classes. But then the beautiful part of it is we were able to manage a 12 credit electives there that almost all our electives are taught by people like Brian and Alfred, who are people who did this in the, in the organizations in the corporate uh, world. For example, one of the changes we did, uh, Brian used to teach a, a one and a half credit practicum course. Now we combined that course with consultancy and made a semester long class. 
And I mean, look how fortunate this student is coming to a, a program, gets about 18 credits of required courses and then goes and spends a semester with Brian about how to take all that knowledge and not implement it in an, or in an organization, in a business environment. And he leads them from like making the proposal to the presentation type of uh, process. So at the end, I think we put together a program that's solid both in the theoretical component and also its practical implications and bring in the marketplace. All our 12 credits of electives are taught by adjunct faculty who are currently working as consultants in the marketplace, which makes a huge difference, of course, for the students. So this is not an abstract program that when you're done with the program, you're kind of there and say, okay, what's next? They know what's in the marketplace. One of the things I find really exciting about the Master of Science in Business Analytics is that, you know, business analytics is a global need. And so you really end up having very much a global classroom. Can you talk to me a little bit about or tell our audience a little bit about how the need for, for business analytics um, is growing around the globe and how that sort of played out in terms of both in terms of the students that you recruit into the program, but also where they might go and work and what kind of roles they play in? Well, obviously data is global. I mean, it's not like only the Western world is collecting data. There is no decision-making neither in the corporate world nor in the policy-making side of it without the data right now. You have to know this everywhere. I mean, uh, and our actually our cohort is a good reflection of it. The incoming cohort right now is about 50% Asia, about 25% global and 25% uh, and uh, local and 25% other international for us, like Latin America, Europe. And so it's a great group of uh, students. They learn from each other as well. The challenges in different countries are very different. The way these countries deal with data is very different. One of the first classes they take with uh, one of our other, actually right now he's a visiting colleague, but he was an adjunct professor with us, uh, Patrick Hall. He talks about the data ethics and how that data ethics is different in different countries. Why is it so easy for one country in Asia, for example, to like without asking its citizens to uh, kind of uh, take videos of every corner in the, in the city while you cannot do it in the United States without getting the consent of the uh, population. So all these kind of bring like great opportunities, but also huge challenges to policymakers as well. Uh, so uh, the students are exposed to all these uh, discussions. And I think both uh, Alfred and uh, Brian would bring a different perspective on this one, but certainly it's a global challenge. It's a global, opportunity for us and our cohorts actually nicely reflect that diversity. Yeah, what's nice about that, Murad, also is, um, is you know, having, having that global representation in the classroom. Um, and as we're doing the practicum class, um, we also try to have a global representation in our um, client base. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned earlier, we have actual clients, actual corporate clients, um, that um, our students write proposals to and, um, and then develop the, the solutions for and then present the final results. And, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, banks, um, you know, one of the largest banks um, on the planet based over in Asia. Um, you know, we have uh, global insurance companies, um, you know, uh, 
U.S. government uh, agencies. And so we try to really make sure that the work that um, our students are doing is also global in nature and it's solving global problems or problems that are ubiquitous, irrespective of which country you may need to be in. Well, and it's one of the reasons why we made a STEM certified degree as well. Can you talk a little bit about why that's attractive? Well, it's attractive in, uh, for different reasons for different groups. Obviously for international students, it gives you a longer OPT period. That's always an attraction for the students as well. Uh, but uh, I mean, look, in the, in the States, we always deal with the lack of STEM education and corporate world and the federal government or all kinds of uh, organizations struggling with bringing in decision makers who are comfortable with analysis uh, side of uh, decision making. And obviously data analysis is one of them. So uh, a STEM program makes a huge difference in their job search as well. First of all, the market signal from, if you have a degree from a program like this is, look, I can, my critical thinking skill set is very strong. I can deal with data. I can think in a very structured way. I can model things. I can find solutions to your problems. Now, that's where, like, and we don't want our program to stop there. We want the program to uh, actually something Alfred probably would very nicely relate to is how does it kind of connect to the strategy of the company? Like that complexity, it's, it shouldn't just stop for like writing the uh, program or the algorithm and finding the solution to whatever data I have, but what, what kind of decision that data is going to impact? That's going to be an important issue. And we try to fill that gap. And obviously, Brian's course, consulting and practicum course, is a very important one for us. But also, as I was looking at Alfred's CV or bio, he's been talking about the strategic, the connection of strategy to data analysis. How important that is! Absolutely. Um, I, I think you touch on this other piece too, when you talk about agility, right? So a lot of these, uh, a lot of the students are prospective uh, people who would probably want to get into a STEM uh, type of certificate education are already working professionals. And, you know, you start seeing these things pop up, nano degrees, uh, micro degrees, uh, small, quick boot camps and stuff like that. Some people are even dubbing those things, uh, what is it like fast food education, right? So it's, how do I get people trained up and coached up on business analytics so that they can go back to the workplace tomorrow to be operationalized? Yeah. Great point. And, you know, that, that brings up the biggest challenge for, from the academic point of view. Obviously, every, if you leave us, if you leave it to the faculty, we'd say, okay, this program should be 56 credits because we have so much to teach them. The problem is how much you can fit into that uh, in a fast-paced world uh, our particular our part-time students cannot say, okay, I have these three years that I can go and take this degree. So on one hand, you want to teach them everything. On the other hand, you want to be able to give them an option of finishing this degree in one year. Or if they are like part-time, it can take up to 16 months or maybe 24 months. But you have to really pack everything into a very nicely, very efficiently designed curriculum. And I think we've done that this time. And it's only going to be proven after the students go through the curriculum and go to the workplace and see how successful they are. The unfortunate thing about the academic performance measurement is 
it is not the grade they get from the program, but what kind of impact they have after they graduate. And you won't know this for the next five to 10 years maybe, but we're quite confident about the new one, the new program that they will be uh, sought after people uh, in their organizations for finding solutions to business problems by using data and decision modeling. And, and Murat, just kind of double clicking on that in a minute, or for a minute here, you know, I think about the practicum class, right? Cause that's kind of at, at, at the end of the program where you bring all the pieces together. And um, what we're really trying to do is to say, well, now you have the tools, right? We may not be able to do a, you know, a six year program where we wanna, you know, we, we teach everything under the sun, but we give the tools that you need as you go out into your career because analytics and business analytics in particular is learning every single day. Yeah. And there's new analytic techniques coming out. There's new business problems coming out. There are operational business problems. There are strategic business problems. Technology is advancing, obviously, every day. Storage uh, prices are going down every day. So, so it, it's a journey that our objective is to provide the tools and, um, and the means of looking at your curiosity and then being able to bring the tools uh, to the business problems together and, and solve these problems. Yeah. yeah, yeah. if ever there was a case for lifelong learning, it's about business analytics, right? Yeah. And so that brings me to my next set of questions. I mean, we've talked a lot here about the MS uh, in business analytics degree, but uh, GW School of Business also offers graduate certificates for courses, 12 credit hours. These are credit bearing graduate certificates that you can either take by themselves. So like for lifelong learning to go back and kind of learn some skills and get some, but get, get a real credential for it, you know, or to combine it with some of our degree programs like our MBA or our master's in management. We even now have a master's of interdisciplinary business studies where you can actually take any two of our graduate certificates. Uh, we now have 27 graduate certificates and combine two of them with a couple of integrative elective courses and do an, in, you know, an interdisciplinary business studies degree. So we have two actually that are within sort of the business analytics realm. One is analytics for managers and the other is business analytics. So how are these different? Well, that also comes because we couldn't find a solution of having one program that's going to satisfy every need. So we decided that if you want to be a kind of a certificate in business analytics, you need to know about Python. You need to know about R. You need to know about the foundations of stochastic modeling. But for an MBA student, this could be a little kind of heavy uh, in terms of its quantitative requirements and also in terms of coding requirements. So we said, look, if you're interested in a certificate in business analytics, then you should be comfortable with its mathematical requirements. You should be comfortable with its coding requirements. So we actually we give them Python course before they take the others. So, and they take the courses with the MSBA students. It's challenging. It's a rigorous program, but uh, quite a popular one right now. But also what we heard from our MBA students and some of the students coming from outside is look, I'm not necessarily going to go and code or write algorithms, but I really want to understand what does analytics do and how can I use analytics in my corporation or in my organization? For them, we designed another 12 credit hour, uh, what we call the graduate certificate for manager, uh, analytics for managers. 
So it has, it's a lot lighter in terms of content, in terms of its mathematical foundations, but a lot more applied. It, what the students need to take is the ge generic data analysis and decision-making class that's required in the MBA curriculum, but then take one data mining for managers and decision modeling for managers. And then we let them choose from three credits uh, of uh, electives from wide variety of electives like visualization, like uh, social network analytics, like big data analytics, that doesn't require coding. So it still gives them quite a bit of flexibility actually, but it's certainly a different focus. One of them is gonna go and do analytics and analysis. The other one is going to be in the managerial position trying to deal with the data scientists. So what's, I'm hoping that we have an audience and particularly of perspective students that might be saying that these programs sound very attractive to them. But I'm sure a question on their mind is, well, what kind of background do you have to have to apply to these different programs? We've talked about lots of different things here. We've talked about analytics for managers is probably a very different in, you know, input profile than someone that's going to do just the graduate certificate in business analytics or the full loan master's degree, what are you seeing in terms of the applicant profile differences in each one of these programs? Well, the, the applicants for the MSBA program comes from a stronger kind of uh, science, let me, let me say, a STEM background. Now, that, that's the majority of it. That doesn't mean it, they have to have this, because if you're interested in this and if you have, look, I have good data skills. We do have some boot camps or we do have some suggestions that they can take online before they join the program. Actually, there used to be some requirements that you had to have an like advanced calculus before you come in. We removed all those requirements. If you don't think your kind of uh, quantitative background is not that strong, then we expect you to take some online courses to prepare yourself. Maybe learn a little about Python and maybe learn a little about kind of statistical software such as R. So that when you come in, we do have a class in uh, Python that they have to take actually. So they learn it here, but it would be a lot easier if you have some exposure. In the GCAM, the Graduate Certificate for Analytics for Managers, we have no requirements. The only requirement is if, when they take their introductory data analysis and decision-making course in MBA, all we ask that they would get B plus and higher in that course. And then you're ready because we don't really expect any coding uh, languages that, or there's no heavy math in any of those courses. Well, I imagine the analytics for managers would be also really popular with our new masters in management, since that's a program really sort of designed for the students that are coming either right out of undergrad, often from STEM backgrounds uh, or international affairs backgrounds or liberal arts backgrounds, but they need that one extra year um, to get sort of basic business fundamentals and skills under their belt, and they're required to choose a certificate. I imagine that will be also very attractive for that population, not just the MBAs. That was the intention at the beginning, like to make it a little user-friendly, let's say. Yeah. Right? Because there was a lot of it kind of, people were intimidated with the name of analytics. And when they saw our requirements saying, well, make sure you have calculus or you have some exposure to uh, coding before you come in. Uh, but I think the GCAM option is very uh, kind of student-friendly. It doesn't require any prior preparation for that. Uh, the courses are quite applied, both the decision modeling and the machine learning or the data mining course right now. So it's a very much of an open alternative for people to kind of dip their toes to analytics, see how they like it, 
Uh, obviously, it has management. Uh, it's for more management focused. But they may decide that after they get into this, they may say, hey, I think I'm ready to go and get a master's degree in business analysis. Uh, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. It's not like people just constantly doing differential equations or integrations, but they are actually doing some practical stuff there. They are getting the data and finding solutions to businesses. And along those lines, I would just just highlight that um, that you know, as I as I watch the teams in the practicum program. So we usually divide up into um, teams of five students for each project in the practicum class. And what I love to see is the diverse thinking and backgrounds coming together. And, you know, by, by very nature of, of the self-selection, if you will, as folks are, are uh, expressing interest in topics, um, you'll have uh, folks that are a little more quantitative on a given team of five, maybe two or three of them, and folks that are a little bit more uh, business savvy maybe two or three of those together. And it's, and it's so satisfying watching them come together where the, um, the more business savvy, less quantitative folks may think that, uh, you know, feel like, hey, maybe, you know, you know, what am I contributing? And they really realize that coming together, which is exactly like real life projects in the professional world, where those that aren't as technical will be leaning on the uh, more technically inclined team members and vice versa. So, just, I would just put a plug in for the certificate programs, but also, um, you know, if you feel as though that you know you want to accelerate in business analytics, if you're not as technical from the very beginning, that, you know, as Marat said, taking a, a couple primers and then diving right into the, the master's program. So, Alfred, you've had experience working in business analytics now across many different industry sectors. Um, and can you talk to us a little bit about what has been similar or different, or what do you see as similar or different in the world of business analytics in, say, a public sector job versus a private sector job, or is there really a difference? That, that is a good question, and, uh, you know, I started off earlier saying something about, like, this whole ether concept of business analytics. Believe it or not, it's like the methodology in itself actually stays the same. Like, the, the place that you do it changes. But, but I think the biggest problem that I see with uh, business analytics or organizations getting started in business analytics, both in a private and a public sector, is framing the business problem. Like even if they utilize like the cross-industry standard for data mining or some other methodology to kind of Venn diagram or swim lane their, their capability maturity or how they transfer information and operationalize it, I see that they skip that step. And even um, Gardner uh, mentioned that, you know, 80% of data science projects are failing, right? And a lot of them fail because people get a piece of data, they rush over to step four and they try to operationalize that information without context and they deploy it and it collapses. I think the business people, what they do is help tie that back to a business use case as to why are we doing this to begin with? Are we thinking about this in the right way before we start? Let's tee up the project in the right way and then follow the process and then we'll have a good product at the end. So I don't think that business analytics changes. I just think that uh, it's the same. It's just applied in different places and, and people are getting used to it. I mean, people are, are waking up to this. Do you have any thoughts to add to that, Brian? No, I think Alfred's spot on. It, it's, it's, un, it's, it's making sure that there's business acumen and um, 
and one of the things I like to do with the students as well as in, um, you know, my, my projects and profession, other professional life is making sure that we're going into it with our business hypothesis in mind. We're, you know, what are specifically we trying to do? And as a business professional, and maybe you're a public policy expert and you're trying to further a policy, uh, maybe you're a financial services expert, maybe you're a counter fraud expert. What, what are you trying to achieve? What is that hypothesis? And now what data do I need to prove or disprove that hypothesis? And then to be able to operationalize the decision science solution. Well, that's great. Well, I, I, we could talk here for a long time about this. There's so much going on in the field of business analytics. There has been so much innovation. I'm so grateful to our faculty in the decision sciences department. They've spent so much time really working hard about thinking about how to really bring industry advances and academic advances together in a meaningful and useful way for different populations of students. And so um, I'm really, really very proud. That's why we put it on GWSB Proud um, to, to feature this particular set of programs. Grateful to you, our industry advisory board members. Without your input, we couldn't have the great programs that we do. Thank you all for joining me in the studio today. Thank, Thank you. you. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening today. Shout out for music credit to Plantain Poppy, also known as Michael Ferrier, GW Class of 2020. See you next time to learn more ways we are GWSB proud. Come through, had the hell to the buff, hell to the blue, shaking the neighbors when the team come through, come through. Cheetah, what it mean to me? Capital, go and make that history. I got a couple scholars to the left of me, buff and blue, so you know they need not to for me.